Our gospel lesson comes from the gospel of Luke, found in chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. It's found on page 55 in your pew Bible. You may want to follow along, particularly since it is a long reading. Listen for the word of the Lord to you. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what was stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. This was the offering that the poor could give if they could not afford a lamb. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. (laughs) 
I get positively gooey about babies. I love babies. There's a new baby in our family. Her name is Vivian. She's now four months old. I like to look at their little tiny fingers and toes, see if she'll wrap her fingers around my one finger. I love it when babies smile at you, and they get so excited, you know, they do this with their hands. I love holding babies right here and smelling their heads. They're a marvel, aren't they? They're just a marvel. I imagine Mary and Joseph did all those things too. They marveled at the miracle of his birth. They stared at his face endlessly. They went to check on him to see if he was still breathing. They fed him and changed him. And look at that tiny mouth that can make all those sweet noises and then scream bloody murder when he was hungry. And I bet they talked about what they hoped he would be. Who do you think he looks like? Hard to tell. Did you have a full hair or dark head like that? No, I was bald as an egg for two years. Just fuzz for hair. I wonder what he will be like. Maybe he'll be as smart as you. I hope he has your sense of humor. I hope he has your kindness. I hope he'll listen to God like you did. And like you did. Right now, what I hope is he'll sleep longer than two hours. Peering into an infant's face, all parents wonder what their child will become. We pray that our children will be healthy and strong enough to weather life's storms and to find their place in the world. Good parents seek to bless and protect their children, to give them what they need physically, emotionally, and spiritually. When parents come to bring their children for baptism, they're come praying for God to bless that child. They come to enter into covenant again with God, making solemn vows that they will study scripture and pray and serve and worship and to show God's love to that child. And we in the congregation enter into covenant with those parents praying that we will teach the child about God and Jesus and to show the love of God to each and every one. We pray every time there is a baptism that the child or the person will be blessed by the Holy Spirit's power to do God's will. Now, I love this definition of blessing. Approval that allows or helps you to do something. Isn't that lovely? Approval that allows you or helps you to do something. There are all kinds of blessings, aren't there? 
there are the blessings of food and home, but more than that, of encouragement. The blessings you give a child by saying, I just love watching you swim. It's great to see you out there on the field. I really enjoy it. Look there. I see you're working on your math grade. That's great. All of those are blessings. On the Jewish Sabbath, the Friday night, every week, Jewish families, a part of that Friday night ritual is to bless the children. They might come and put their hand on their child's head and say a line from Scripture, May you grow and increase in the love of God. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Or they might bless the children simply by saying what they enjoy about them. Blessing. It's what we all need, of course. And blessing from God is the encouragement, the love, the claiming that we are God's child that allows us to grow in love and faith. Like all faithful parents, Mary and Joseph come to dedicate their 40-day-year-old baby in the temple. The firstborn child was God's child, as every child was God's child, but the firstborn son was noted as especially belonging to God. They would teach him the scriptures and rock him to sleep, singing the songs of the faith. They tell the stories of their ancestors, that rascal Jacob, that flawed King David. And throughout it, they tell the story of God's steadfast love. Mary and Joseph acknowledge that Jesus is a blessing from God. But what they receive in the temple is one of the strangest blessings anyone could receive. There's this old man. You can tell there's a kind of kindness about him. His eyesight might be dim at this point. He's been praying for years. He's like the attorney I met who prayed before she met with every client and before, she, before each time she went into court, she prayed to be of service and that justice would be served. Simeon's like that. His day was soaked in prayer, and he prayed for the redemption, for the freeing of Jerusalem, for the freeing of his oppressed people. And he's one of those folks that was so lovely that you just wanted to be around him. Perhaps you've met people like that who have faced the great loss and grief and joys of life and remain centered on God and seem to give off grace. 
I imagine that's what Simeon was like. They don't know Simeon, so it's a great surprise when Simeon goes over to the baby and picks him up in his arms, and I imagine Mary's looking for the security police as he does it. But there's something about his face that relaxes her. And then Simeon prays to God, Master, you can now let me go in peace. You can let me die now. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. Mary and Joseph are struck dumb, speechless at what Simeon has to say, but of course they're just pleased as punch that Simeon says that Jesus is going to be an amazing person, a light to the world, glory for Israel. And then Simeon blesses them, probably with the old traditional blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you with favor. The Lord give you peace. Then there's something in Mary's face that stops Simeon. It is a distant shadow, years away, but he feels compelled to say it. This child marks both the falling, the failure, and the rising and the recovery of many in Israel. He will be a figure misunderstood and contradicted, but his rejection will force honesty as God reveals the hearts of many, and the pain of a sword will thrust through you. Now, I don't know about you, but I would have hoped that Simeon's mama would have taught him better manners than to say such a thing to parents of a newborn child. You know, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. But Simeon has lived too long and seen too many harsh realities and loved God too long not to tell this word to Mary. No parent wants to hear that their child will bring them sorrow. Of course, it comes with the job. Our children don't turn out the way we hope or plan. Their learning disabilities are rejection, mental illness. It's not what we want for them or for ourselves. But the Gospels are always clear that the light and the dark are mixed in together. After the wise men come in Herod's Gospel, the next part of the story is Herod coming out to murder the children. Here in Luke, the joyous angels sing, and there is a prophecy of the cross to come. 
Perhaps Simeon gives both the light and the dark to Mary and Joseph as a way of saying, you're going to make it. I remember years ago, a person in this congregation had a really bad diagnosis. And a former pastor, seeing who she was, said, you're going to get through it, you know. And she said, yes, I will. He'll be a light, even in the piercing pain of the world. It's not long in our liturgical year before we start to sing of the cross again, and thank goodness for that. Because we need to realize that the pain and the joy can hang in there together. Twelve days before Christmas, I attended the memorial service of Robert Knox, The Knoxes are family friends. Our boys grew up together. Their son mysteriously died at 30 in his sleep, leaving six-week-old twins and a two-year-old. It was the saddest memorial service I've ever attended, made sadder by our long history together. And yet it was a witness to faith and God that in Jesus Christ there is nothing that can separate us from a love of God, that the cross conquers the powers of sin and death, that brokenness and unimaginable grief can be held up in loving community and a sustaining faith. We sang Christmas carols even as we cried. We talked of the faith even as we recognized there were no good words to say. Simeon tells the truth. Swords will pierce us, and pain will come to us. But nothing can separate us from the light that comes from Christ. Nothing in this life, nothing in the next. Thanks be to God.